Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's a.k.a. Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Read My Lips Radio, cool conversations with creatives. We are celebrating 2023. Some of us never thought we'd get here, and we are. It's January 2nd, and we are coming to you. We think we're live, we feel live, and we are alive. I'm going to ask my guests in a couple of minutes what they had to drink over the holidays. It was special if they'd like to share that information. Read My Lips is a conversation with very interesting people. I call them my creatives. And I've had some guests recently who say, I didn't know I was a creative until I met you, Radio Red. Well, everybody is. Because last I checked, I didn't pop out of my mama, I'm not telling you how long ago, with a set of instruction manuals, and you're going to do this. We're all creating our life as we go along. Life is an improv. I don't know anybody else who says that but me, but it is. So we talk about the creativity we all use to create our lives and what it means to us. What, and it's not singing and dancing, and it's not art and architecture. It's not designing. It's just who we are and what we do, where we've come from, where we want to go, and how we go about it. So again, Radio Red, welcome, welcome, welcome. New Year, we are so excited. Now, before I introduce my three very esteemed guests, whom I all met at one of the National Publicity Summit events, Zoom, five hours, 15 breakout rooms, worth the way to meet them. They, I booked them months and months and months ago back in last year, 2022, and I'm so honored they're here. But we have to do a shout out. The first of the year, guess I'm going to put up my hand for those of you who are watching us on Facebook, and I'm making the letter L with my right hand, thumb and forefinger, and we're going to say Happy New Year, L, 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 on the count of three. I want you all to behave yourselves. This is very important now. One, Two, three. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Not bad. Andrew's my engineer. Andrew, what do you think? Did they do well for a New Year's start? I think they did pretty well. Yeah, Andrew's nodding to me. Yeah, we. you did pretty. Let's try it one more time. Happy New Year. L, L, L. Moderate your, your flow here. One, two, three. Happy, Happy New, New Year. L, Wow, you're good. Okay, there we go. January 2nd happens to be in the zodiac sign of Capricorn from the Latin goat horned. It's also called Capricornus and the goat. It's the 10th sign, December 22nd to January 19th. So a couple more weeks to go. It's an earth sign, one of the four cardinal signs. If anybody knows astrology, help me out. I don't know. But here, do we have any Capricorns today? Nancy or Vito or Arnold, no Capricorns? What, yeah. what sign are you, Nancy? I'm a Scorpio. Okay, Arnold? I'm a Scorpio also. Vita? Horus. <laughs> Libra. Okay, we're all over the map. We have two Scorpios. Okay, I know about you. I have a I have a, a relative who's a Scorpio. I know all about you. But the Capricorns are overachievers. They're persistent. They're practical. They're sensitive. They're hardworking. They make success look easy and effortless, but they put a lot of time into their careers and relationships. So if you know a Capricorn, congratulate them. Okay. I always say how many days are left in the year. But since it's January 2nd, 365 minus two, you've got a lot of time to prepare for what you're going to be drinking on New Year's Eve 2024. So I'm not going to do that quite yet. But we want to do a shout out to somebody named Gregorian. 
Greg, Greggy, Grego, whatever his mommy called him, right, Arnold? We have to do a shout out to people who created something that we're still using in our lives. How many hundreds or thousands of years later? I want to thank his mommy for helping him be a creative person and inventing a calendar. I think that's important. Let me tell you who my three guests are. I can't wait. I waited so many months to welcome them on the show. We have Nancy Papal. I'm pronouncing it the French way. I hope I did it right, Nancy. We've been rehearsing for three weeks now. She <laughs> left. Let me tell you just briefly, and then she'll give us the full bio. She left ER, emergency room critical care nursing, to become a what? A defense malpractice lawyer? She became chair of the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania's Domestic Relations Rules Committee? That's a big business card, Nancy. And now she's a novelist. Nancy, just wave hello and say hi. There's- hi there. Nancy, so happy to have you here. I've waited such a long time. Can't wait for you to tell your story. You're going to give us your whole bio in just a few minutes. And then we have Arnold Sampson. Hello, Arnold. Arnold is a multi, 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 multi. That's five multis decorated Vietnam veteran. Thank you for your service. Thank you for saying. I always cry when I say that. He's a medical evaluation helicopter pilot evacuating severely wounded soldiers. He now serves on the Baltimore City Board of Ethics. He moderates an older guys, I say old guys, Zoom talk circle. I can't wait to hear about that, Arnold. And he's the author of Dust Off, which was his sign when he was a helicopter pilot, More Than Met the Eye. Arnold, just say hello. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Good there to see you. you. Happy are. New Year to you. Thank you so much. And now we have Vita Euler. Vita, say hello. There she is. Vita hello. is a rehabilitation counselor, and she emphasizes in her practice Dealing with Chronic Pain. She's the author of the upcoming book, and I want to know all about that. Got Pain? Now What? Duh. Yes, we do want to know now what. She suffers personally from chronic pain, RSD, and she'll tell us a little bit about that. Vita, so happy to have you here. So I'm calling this show Read My Lips, A New Year for New Creativity. Radio Red in the house. Let's go around the table. Nancy Purple. I'm just going to keep saying it as though I'm. I watch <laughs> a lot of French detective shows. I have to tell you. Have you ever heard of Munch? M U N C H Munch. You ever yes. heard of it? Okay, uh-huh. I just finished uh, binging season two of Munch. It's Gabrielle Munch, and it's French with English subtitles. I studied French for years. I lived in Switzerland one summer. That was a long time ago, and I like to brush up. So Nancy Purple, I've, I've just got it, Nancy. I'm, that's all I'm going to say all day. Nancy, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please do me the honor of giving us a full bio? Three minutes, Nancy, you're up. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Nancy Purple, um, half French, half German. Um I originally started my professional career as a critical care nurse, and I wrote a textbook with some people from University of Pennsylvania, and it was called Advanced Concepts in Clinical Nursing, and it was published in 1973. And I tried to get the hospital that I was working at to adopt some of the procedures that other hospitals throughout the country were adopting, because the textbook became a must read in the first year of nursing school. And I went to the administration and I asked them why they're not adopting these protocols that would give you a better patient outcome. And I was told, of course, this is 1973, that I was a nurse and protocols were promulgated by doctors. So I went to a new hire at the hospital who happened to be a nurse, and she went to law school. She was a nurse attorney. And I asked her, I said, you know, how do you get somebody in the administration to listen to you? And she looked up at me and she said, become a lawyer. They'll be afraid of you. (laughs) So I 
totally intended to go back into hospital administration, but you know, sometimes life gets in the way. I became a lawyer. I went my first day uh, at the job that I was hired to do defense malpractice. There were 75 divorce files on my desk. I went to the senior partner and told him I wasn't interested in doing divorce. And he leaned across the desk and he put his finger an inch from my nose and said, you're not going to make it here. You do what we tell you to do. And you're a woman and women do divorce work. Well, hold on, Nancy, we have to get a reaction here. I want everybody to do the what? Arnold Vito. What? What What year was this, Nancy? 70. Well, 81, 80, 81 from law school. Uh, Actually, 85, 80. No, 84. Sorry. I went to law school. You were really in the crosshairs there, weren't you? In in both professions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I was. Uh, And that's what resilience is about. You know, you just you keep going. You know, when he said that to me, I'm in the middle of seven children. And when you say I can't do something or you challenge me, that's when I really dig in and want to prove myself. So um, I became a very successful. I did a a number of uh, malpractice cases uh, in trial uh, for about six years. Uh, but at the same time, I was doing divorce work. And when the firm lost the contract to represent the physicians, because the physicians don't hire their own attorneys when they're sued, they hire, you know, whoever the insurance company has engaged. So when the firm that I was working for lost that contract, I had a stable of divorce clients and I left that firm. And I became a very successful divorce attorney. So for 32 years, that's what I did. Wow. And tell me about your book. You're a novelist well, now. What's your book My about? book is about relationships. And um, for 32 years, I took apart marriages. And in my retirement, my life's mission was to try to keep marriages together. And it starts with making the right choice in the beginning and not settling and knowing who you are before you engage in another relationship when you're really not ready and you don't even know who you are. So that's what this book is about. It's called Around Which All Things Bend. And of course, it's love. Love is the thing we all turn ourselves into pretzels to try to get love and give love. And sometimes, though, all that effort breaks you. And that's what this book is about. And Thank it's actually you. surprisingly is it, is it getting out? very good reviews on Amazon. Good. Can you send me a, an ebook, a PDF copy? I'd love. I'd to love to. It. Yes, I would love to. And I'm thinking, I'm hearing Tina Turner saying, "What did Nancy say? What's love got to do with it? What did Nancy Propal say? What's love got to do with it? Right, everybody? Yeah. Okay. We'll have we'll have to write a response to Tina Turner on that one. Nancy, thank you. Very interesting background. You were in the trenches. Um, a lot of us were back in those days without giving away ages, but place and time. A lot of us were for different reasons in the crosshairs, in the trenches. And I'll share some stories with you off air. I don't like to give it all away. So thank you and welcome. Arnold Sampson, we're so happy to have you here. And again, thank you for your service. I have a a dear friend who's a a veteran and we recently traveled together and he wore a jacket with his insignia on it. And I can't tell you how many people stopped and said, thank you for your service. Wonderful, wonderful. And I, I cried every time. So on behalf of everybody, I'm saying that to you. Arnold, I'm putting you on speaker view. Enough about me. Let's talk to you. What have you done in your life? Talk to me. Oh, 
Well, um, thank you, uh, Red. I appreciate uh, being here. I'm a Baltimore-born guy. I uh, went to public schools in Baltimore and uh, eventually uh, attended Morgan State College, uh, which had a mandatory uh, ROTC program for able-bodied um, males. Uh, the first two years, you had to participate in ROTC. Uh, so I think it's called a land-grant college, but whatever it was, um, that was a fundamental part of its funding. And I enjoyed ROTC. In fact, I was on the rifle team at Morgan. Uh, I was a psychology major. And um, when I uh, when I when I finished um, my uh, first two years, they they asked me if I wanted to participate in the advanced corps. I did. Um, when I graduated from Morgan uh, and after the four years of, of school there, I picked the medical service corps as uh, the Army's medical service corps as a branch of my choice. And um, when I uh, attended the branch school, which is uh, normal for brand new reporting officers, I decided I was I was just enamored with the film that I saw uh, on the medical evacuation helicopter mission in Vietnam. And I don't know if I was being naive. Yes, I was being naive. What I'm saying, I don't know if I'm being naive. Very naive. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I raised my hand along with, I believe, I didn't look around, but I, we had 23 officers in the class. I believe that about 12 of us raised our hands. But once we finished the medical screening and the, um, the um, uh, aptitude screening, six of us were selected for aviator training. I was one of the six, and uh, we six. it was uh, for four months in Texas at Fort Walters, and then an additional four months in um, I went to Savannah, Georgia, to Hunter Army Airfield, Hunter Army Airfield, and I became a pilot. And when I got to Vietnam, I became a medical evacuation pilot. Um, our call sign was dust off, and eventually, when I finally made aircraft commander, took a while. I became a dust off A five, uh, and I hence I wrote a book about it many years later, just to kind of clear my head because it had been sort of corked up in me. Um, I now work as a mediator for the Circuit Court for Maryland. Uh, I work in Baltimore City, Anne Arundel County, and occasionally in Howard County in, in Maryland. And I also work as a standardized patient, which is an actor for Johns Hopkins School of Medicine and the University of Maryland uh, School of Medicine, uh, School of sorry, School of Nursing. Um, so I enjoy doing that. I've had every disease known to man, just about. <laughs> so, so I know now you're reaching for your mask. It's too late. Whatever You're, it is, you caught it. Whatever you've been, it is. you've been acting out a lot, Arnold. I have you? been. I've you've been, been acting, acting out. Terrible, terrible. How do you and get to do? Me, me. How do you? No good. You good. You. How do you get to be acting as a patient for diseases for a medical school or a nursing school? Well, how do you do that? Um, they, uh, a, a friend. Um, um, I've met a guy on the set of Homicide. I was an extra. And he and he had found it. I don't know how he discovered it. You do that too? <laughs> I, yeah, well, I did. I was on the wire as well as, a, but I was on on the wire. I was a principal um, character for one episode called uh, "Old Cold Cases," and um, it's, the funny thing is, I was so used to being extra on in the on the various um, episodes that when I reported, and I you know typically you sign in at security, and I said you know I'm, I'm Arnold Sampson, and the guy said. Uh, Oh, sir, sir, uh, I'm so sorry. We'll have your trailer ready in a minute. <laughs> a trailer? Are you kidding me? 
uh, they gave me a trailer with a star on the door. And so I was one of the char principal characters for that episode, along with, um, I think his name was Bunk, the character was Bunk, and um, and uh, Dominic um, West was the second, the third character. Oh. And so, yeah, and oh. so um, they were the detectives trying to solve an old case, and I was the building superintendent, in other words, you know, the maintenance uh, manager for the building, and I let them in, and, and they figured out what had happened where other the, the original officers had not. So it was quite an quite an experience. I'm, I still get checks. Don't be envious. <laughs> I wanted to meet Dominic West. I saw the TV show The Affair. Oh. He was the lead in The Affair. And okay. that was a very tragic drama that went on for many seasons. Wow. Very, very interesting. And he was in the middle of a lot of goings on with several women over many years. And Whoa. I've never seen him young. But when I, I thought about watching The Wire, I actually looked it up the other day. And I, I watched a little bit of a trailer on my on my computer. Right. And I said, gee, that guy looks familiar. No, it wasn't Arnold Sampson. I said, Dominic. oh, my God, it was Dominic West. Dominic West, yes. He's, was he? you know, he's he's in the crown. How, how coincidentally you should mention him. And I had to, anyway, Arnold, yeah. thank you. So sure. I think you should, I'm going to suggest Vita and Nancy, I think we're going to suggest Arnold redoes his bio instead of all the wonderful medals he's won. You should say, I was a featured star <laughs> on an episode of, and the name of the show. And I had my own trailer. And then you lead into <laughs> Vietnam veteran and purple heart and all that. I, I, you could have a very creative bio. If you start, you, you go to the next yeah. publicity summit, Arnold, you start with yeah. that. Wow. Are you going to get interviews? Anyway, Arnold, thank you very much thank for you, everything. See what comes out when you talk to people? You just get them talking. Speaking of which, Vita Euler, we're so happy to have you here. Talk to us. Big bio. Your turn. Big Vita, bio. go ahead. <laughs> okay. I'll try. Um, um, well, let's see. I'm, I'm a rehab counselor, but prior to becoming a rehab counselor, I was just like anybody else, you know, going through life, uh, trying to find ways, trying to find my way through what I was going to do. And uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I, one day, I ended up hurting my foot, and I was uh, not really injured badly, but my foot was casted. While it was casted, uh, my foot started to turn blue and and it swelled up and uh, I had to go back to ER and they took the cast off and they said hmm this doesn't look good and uh, uh, I went to a doctor and that doctor um, said that it looks like you developed something called uh, reflex sympathetic dystrophy syndrome and I was just like what is that <laughs> And even he really didn't know how to explain it. So he uh, went to a book and he read it. And, uh, and he said, well, you see, this was uh, diagnosed uh, uh, during the Civil War. And I believe this is what you have. So anyways, we went from there. And uh, I had treatments and all kinds of things. And um, but... I won't get into all that, but uh, <coughs> I I was the kind of per I've always been the kind of person that pushes ahead in spite of things happening, and uh, 
So I decided, uh, well, I have this RSD, it hurts, and I'm going to get into acting, which I did. And I I, uh, auditioned for different things. I also did some extra work uh, with some people that are famous now. Um, But uh, I uh, got into, uh, I'm going to say it, it was Performing Arts Theater of the Handicap. And it uh, opened up other doors for me. And uh, from there, um, I just decided I wanted to go further and uh, go towards a master's degree in something known as rehabilitation counseling, only because I thought, gosh, there's so many people out there that um, don't know what to do once they're injured or they have uh, some kind of illness that prevents them from going to work or living their daily life. And so I went into rehab counseling. And then with rehab counseling, I worked on my doctorate. And uh, during that time, of course, I, I being the type of person that I am, I always look ahead and I develop my little goals and, and uh, future goals, what I want to do um, in the future. And I started skiing, canoeing. Uh, I even skied with an Olympic ski team. Um, I, The back of my mind was just like, so I've got pain. So what's it going to do? I mean, <laughs> so, so what if I ski or some, you know, do a little bit more? little things that are maybe not um, very safe, I should say, but I did it anyways. And anyways, but um, as time progressed, I, you know, was having, well, I lost my leg. I became an amputee because of the reflex dystrophy. Um, Then the RSD progressed into my other leg and in my foot, and uh, I developed it in my hands, and I just got into this thing of, well, now what? (laughs) Got pain, now what? And that's how I came up with my book. Um, So what do you do after you get pain? So that's uh, pretty much what my bio is about. Um, um, Now I'm hopefully going to get this published at the end of um, or spring. It should be coming out. I would like to have a copy of your book when it's ready. I want to say it sounds like a a classic, but a very personal version of necessity is the mother of invention. Right, Arnold? Right, Nancy? You were in pain. You had some very severe losses to your person. And instead of saying, I'm going to go curl curl up and crawl into a corner and hide and cry. You said, let me figure out a way to help myself and help other people. That's where right. the creativity comes in. Vita, thank you so much for sharing your story. Honored to have you here as well. I'm honored to have all three of you. Very, very interesting. I'm going to lighten it up here just to drop Nancy. I have to tell you that when I was working for a major bank as a marketing director in downtown New York, a bank that happened to have uh, a foyer in one of their offices near Wall Street that was in a very famous movie with the big pillars, if you remember. Yeah, I was working on the 14th floor there before 
9-11, way before 9-11. And uh, I was told one day that they didn't like the way I dressed. You know, I was doing world-class events for uh, for high-end customers of this bank. <laughs> and, and I was writing a newsletter that became a coffee table piece and designing it. And they told me that... Um, they they told my boss, who was a, a gentleman who had trouble keeping his shirt tucked in in the office, he was sloppy, and they had him take me aside and say that HR was sending me to uh, dress for success training, and he had to be the one to deliver the message because I took a, a beautiful silk scarf that all the other ladies who were wearing one to $5,000 suits to work, I got there at 7 o'clock in the morning and I you know, opened the place up. I, I just came from a long distance and I got there early. That was the way it was. Anyway, they said... We don't wear our scarves in our hair. We wear them inside of our suit. So I was flagged for HR intervention. And then I was told that I had dared to put on my jacket. I had a couple of rhinestones on one of my sports jackets. Arnold, are you loving this? And they said, that's not the way. I said, I never see a customer. I'm completely back office marketing, a marketing director. They said, no. So the man was the one to tell me that I needed to learn how to dress properly. I thought you'd get it. Nancy, oh, the stories we, we are telling. Anyway, thank you all for the bios. You all are, you all have created interesting lives at a different kinds of necessity. You're all courageous. Sounds like I'm closing the show. We barely got started here. <laughs> let me let me let me go on to the quotes. I've asked each of you to see. We have conversations on my show. It's not an interview. It's a, it's a conversation. That's all we're doing. Nancy Purple. I'm just going to keep saying it with that Purple. I, I just love that name. Uh, Nancy, I've asked you and Arnold and Arnold, you're crossing your hands there. I, I, you're, come on, open up there. Um, and Vita, I want you all to, to uh, you've all sent me an interesting fictional quote from a song or a movie or a TV character. And I've looked them up, done a little research. I'm going to read the quote with just a little background. I want you to tell me, let's take two minutes because we have a lot to talk about. Two minutes on what the quote has to do with your creativity. So Nancy has sent me a quote from Sia. S-I-A. She is Sia Kate Isabel Furler, F-U-R-L-E-R, born 1975. What? She's a young one. Australian singer-songwriter started in an acid jazz band called Crisp. Did you know that, Nancy? And she released her studio album, and she went to London. And this is, song is from her seventh studio album, This Is Acting, from 2016. And the lyric is, I'm unstoppable today. Nancy, two minutes. Tell me what this has to do with you. Like we can't figure it out. Go ahead, Nancy. Um, I think every woman, uh, regardless, like I'm 75 years old, so I'm not afraid to say that. I'm proud that I've lived this long and have lots of life experience. But throughout my life, people have tried to stop me and I'm unstoppable. And I, I think every woman at some point even young girls. My daughter's a law professor uh, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, at Georgia State College of Law. And even though I thought I went through everything that these young girls, you know, would benefit from being told that, you know, I really, by judges, when I first started going into the courtroom, that I really didn't need to be there because they knew that my husband made a good living. I mean, seriously, I don't care. Today, even now, women have to understand they are unstoppable and they should not take what other people think about them or their view of what we should do. And it's just so gender oriented still today, even when you get married. And 
I digress a little bit, but I have blogs. And um, when you are about to get married, you need to find out principally the person that you're marrying, if you have children, are we going to be gender-oriented parents or are we going to co-parent? There are so many things that women today really need to consider. And we're all unstoppable. I think women have an innate genetic need to succeed. I mean, we needed to succeed to keep our babies alive. We needed to succeed to keep our, our nest alive. So that's what I think about Unstoppable. And Nancy, I want to read just for Arnold and Vita and for our viewers and listeners. By the way, we're going to be broadcasting on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and on Facebook. Here's the lyric. Arnold, you're going to love this. I'm unstoppable. I'm a Porsche with no brakes. I'm invincible. I win every single game, right, Vita? I'm so powerful. I don't need batteries to play. I'm so confident. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. Nancy, that's a winner. Beautiful selection. Thank you very much. Arnold, let's go to yours. Arnold and I had to go back and forth how many times on quotes because originally he quoted a movie that was quoting the Gettysburg Address. And I said, that's not a character. Okay, here we go. This movie is, it's a, a movie from, let's see now. Um, 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 the movie is Nighthawks, 1981 American neo-noir action crime thriller starring Billy D. Williams, one of my favorites. Be still my heart. There's my heart. Be still my heart. And Sylvester Stallone. He's still at it. He's back with another movie. And the scene is they are teaming up as decoy cops to try and stop a very bad guy who's an international killer, and he's killing a lot of people. And so they team up. Are you ready for the line, Arnold? And the line is, take the shot. And the scene is that he says, take the shot. He's not clear. Damn it, move. Jump, deep, jump. Come on, I got you. And the character, Sergeant Matthew Fox, is played by Billy Dee Williams, and Sergeant Deke De Silva <clears throat> is played by Stallone. Arnold, two minutes. What does this have to do with your creativity? Take the shot. Take the shot. Well, the take the shot is... Um, that's the fundamental uh, guiding principle for me in terms of if, a, if an opportunity is presented that's interesting, that may help the world or may develop me more as a human being, um, I, I'm committed, committed to taking the shot. Hence, I've, I've just been elected, and this is not a boast, but I've been elected, um, thank the good Lord, as the president of my, the board of directors of my condo. Um, I am a real estate broker in Pennsylvania and Maryland, currently licensed. I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild, SAG. Um, I am a master gas fitter for Baltimore City. I'm a standardized patient for Johns Hopkins um, School of Medicine, Johns Hopkins School of Nursing, and the University of Maryland School of Nursing. I've got an FAA commercial helicopter pilot license. Uh, I'm, I'm a mediator for the circuit court. Um, and I um, am a um, uh, private investigator, state of Maryland, uh, Maryland State Police licensed um, private investigator. And I'm also a Maryland State Police um, qualified handgun instructor. In all those instances, something came along and I decided, let me try. I might not know everything about it now. I might be, I might stumble around a little bit, but let me take the shot. Let me try and say yes. And by saying yes, uh, I've been a court commissioner for the District Court of Maryland. Uh, I, I took the shot. And as a result of it, 
I guess I've reinvented myself any number of times. Um, and, and frankly, I find myself at, um, at um, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than Nancy. I'm 78. No, I'm kidding, Nancy. You're a baby <laughs> to, compared to me. <laughs> but I, I have, uh, at this age, I finally have a job that I love doing. I don't, I, don't, I shouldn't even call it work. I love mediating, uh, helping uh, people resolve their own difficulties rather than have the court um, um, make the decision for them. Uh, so I, I've, I've, I love doing that. And so, but it's, it's come, I've done these things because I've been willing to take a chance, um, try to fly, even if, uh, you know, even if I wasn't sure of myself and it is, you know, it has borne fruit. So that's me taking the shot. Thank you. Thank you. And I have to tell you, there's something very similar to all three quotes. Vita, I'm getting to yours now. Vita's quote is from Loretta Castorini, played by Cher, to Ronnie Camareri, played by Nicolas Cage. Of course, you all know Moonstruck, 1987 American romantic comedy drama film. I'm from New York, but I don't talk like that. Okay. And I watched the scene and she goes to tell Ronnie he's being invited to her wedding to his brother, Johnny, who says that his mother is sick and he's in Italy, but she isn't really, but he's coming back. But she thinks her marriage failed because she's up with her first husband before they got married. She wants to do it all traditionally, blah, blah, blah. And she goes to Ronnie and she says, let's leave your bakery. He says, I lost my hand. My brother wasn't paying attention. They go to his apartment. She cooks dinner. They have a couple of drinks. They end up in bed. And she says, this never happened. <laughs> this never happened. And he's going on and on, but I, I love you. Well, this and that. And she says, snap out of it. Now, the similarity is that we've got I'm Invincible today. We've got Take the Shot and we've got Snap Out of It. These are three of the shortest quotes I've ever had from all three guests on this show ever, ever, ever. And your quotes are fabulous. Vita, I'm putting you on speaker view. What does this mean to you as if we don't know? Go ahead, Vita. I love when she said that. I go, that's it. Snap out of it. <laughs> Instead of dwelling and dwelling on the negativity and, and, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that and I got to be over here and I can't be over there. And it, I just said, you know, that's a great, great scene and that I could uh, use for, uh, I mean, I tell other people to do that too. But um, I, I just love that quote. Um, and it helped me. To help others, really, because that's how I always felt, but I just didn't know uh, if it was appropriate for me to say that. <laughs> but I took it from Cher. <laughs> well, what a great movie, and I loved watching the scene again. That was a wonderful movie. The characters were so well delineated, so beautifully defined, and it was a classic. I hope you didn't mind that I did my pretend Bronx accent. No, I love it. <laughs> I just had to. It's really not. People used to, I, I lived in Oregon for many years, and people said, so you're from New York? And I said, listen, if I don't talk that way, neither do you. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're from New York. You're Jewish. You're from New York. I'm always a friend. And I said, stop, stop right now. Nobody can tell now where I'm from, right, Arnold? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> 
Unless I speak quickly, nobody can tell. That's the idea. I want to thank the three of you for your very... Arnold, you came through with that quote. You wouldn't believe the quotes we went through at 1.30 this morning, Arnold and I. We may as well have been on Zoom discussing it. We're going back and forth, email and email. And I said, no, no, no. And finally, we got the quote. So thank you for, for doing the creative work to do that. You're all very impressive people. I'm going to pick one creativity statement from each of you. You each sent me four. And I'm going to pick one from each of you and ask you to just take two minutes, two little tiny minutes, and explain what this means. So Nancy, I'll pick one. You all send it to me. You don't have to look up your notes. I'll pick one. I'll read it. And then I'll ask you to just quickly tell me why, why you said it, what it means. So Nancy, her number one statement is creativity to me means being able to tap into the inner child in my mind, a time that I could make up stories about imaginary people and imaginary places. Nancy, two minutes. What does this mean? To me, to me, it means um, to take yourself out of what's happening at the present moment and really put yourself in where you want to be. If things are going bad, you know, sometimes you just have to imagine things getting better. And for me, it's a visualization, you know, to, to think about that's what children do. And, um, you know, as I said, I'm one of seven. So I know all about how kids fantasize. And I think it's so important when things are going bad, not to focus on that, but to think about how it can get better. That's what it means to me. I like that. What would, did you write these imaginary stories, Nancy, or what did you do with these characters? What did they become, if anything? I actually did write imaginary stories when I was little. And real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. When I was five years old, um, Highlights had a contest that if you could write this imaginary story, you could win a pony. So I wrote this imaginary story about a duck and a horse in a pasture, and the duck couldn't find its mother. To make a very long story short, the horse tried to, you know, help the duck find its mother. Eventually, they did. So I wrote. Arnold, Arnold, wait a minute, Arnold. Yeah, look sad. Come on, look sad. With Vita and I are looking sad. Come on. Mm. (laughs) Okay, go go ahead, Nancy. We got to do the uh, the theatrical effects here. Go ahead. So the duck couldn't find its mother, and and he crawled on the back of the horse. You know, the horse put its little. Uh, head down, the duck climbed up and the horse took him around and he found his mother. So I wrote this story. I gave it to my mother. My my older brother helped me with the punctuation and everything. And he said to me, and he's very, he was not somebody who was fulsome in praise. So he said, did you really write this or did you copy this from somewhere? I said, no, I wrote it. Anyway, we, I gave it to my mother and um, I used to go out and wait about a week or two later, <clears throat> excuse me, on the front porch, waiting for them to pull up with my pony. I was absolutely sure I was going to win this pony. I mean, seriously. Now, my mother's German. So at 530, you were supposed to be at the dinner table. And I thought something was up because she never yelled at me. She would send food out and she wouldn't yell at me to come to the dinner table. To make a long story short, when I was 50 years old, she finally confessed to me that she never sent it in because she didn't want a pony. Oh, <laughs> oh we've, we're all wounded on your behalf. We really are. Oh, Nancy, I'm, I'm so sorry yeah. about that. I had something I want to say, but I was so carried away with your story. I'll have to, to think about it for later. Thank you very much. Oh.
That's yeah. that's really kind of cute. And your brother helped you with it? I got over it. I'm, I'm that's sure. why I wrote my novel, I'm Waiting for My Pony. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Thank you very much. Arnold, I have statement number four I'm reading for you. This was interesting because this is something very small I read in your brief bio. You say, in my life, I realized I knew some very smart and generous guys who needed to know each other. So I invited them to participate in a Zoom session. And lo and behold, they showed up. And they liked what each other had to say. A fellowship was created and been maintained through 64 meetings. Is this the older guys chat session you were talking about? Arnold, what do you call it? And tell me more, please. It is. Uh, it is. I call it roundtable discussion. And the, the guys are just wonderful men. Uh, most of them are septuagenarians, um, which means they're at 70 or over, most of them. But either way, I mean, some, there are a couple guys who are younger than that. They really are um, high-character guys who are not egotistical, who are just trying to figure out what to do in this this uh, final quarter of our, our, our lives. And we compare notes and exchange uh, insights. It's just wonderful. Um, and so I'm, I'm delighted to be a part of it. They thank me for bringing them together, but I thank them because each of them in their own special way had contributed something to my life. And I wanted these nice guys to, to meet each other. And now that they have, they've created their own, you know, new bonds and um, found, a, found a comfort zone in talking to one another. Uh, I must confess though, that occasionally I must say to you, I let them know that I'm from Ibadan, Nigeria, that I'm Igbo. I am. And I, and I'm and the, and the Igbo people are very, very brave. No, no, they're very, very brave people. And so I tell them, I said, look, you must men, you must remember that not everyone who's in Marika has was born here. I was born in Ibadan. And I, I look at I look at my screen now and I see that Vita is saying, Who what is he talking about? Vita's getting very worried. I think she's I see that. I Vita, see that. calm down. It's okay. We'll take care of you, dear. You're you're fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for you, Vita. Nancy and I'll make sure you're okay. That was You'll Arnold. Be safe. You'll be safe. Arnold didn't expect that. Arnold, I have to tell you. Uh, I don't know if, if where you are. You're in Baltimore. Uh, yes. Yes, I, I yes. come from Long Island, uh, and I had a friend who was part of a group called the Romeos and the Comeos. Do you know what those are? Okay. No. The no. Romeos are the retired old men eating out, and the Comeos are the same group called cheap old men eating out. And they get together <laughs> in carpool to the cheapest restaurant they can find, like six or seven bucks for lunch, and they go have a good time. And they formed groups of men who get together. And my friend George brought them on my my other name, TV show, which right. was Senior Moments, The Happy Ones, when I was on Long Island. I had a, several te television series, Access TVs, right. and um, there were five of them. And the ribbing, the camaraderie was just a riot. I ran across it on my Vimeo channel the other day. Right. Hysterical. But they would go find a restaurant, a buffet, an Italian buffet, a Chinese buffet, whatever. They'd find a buffet and they'd say, oh, it's only five ninety-five. all you can eat. Good. That's for us. And then they say, where are we going to go next month? And they come together and they, they have these all over the country, I think. But the name we liked was Comeo's Cheap Old Man Eating Out. And that's where they found their camaraderie. Nancy, what I wanted to say, Vita, I've got your statement teed up here. What I want to say was that I, to our younger listeners and viewers, 
Nancy mentioned something called Highlights. Well, it was a magazine that was actually in something we used to call paper. And it was a very large size magazine. And it was in doctor's offices and other places where parents would bring their children and you could open it up. And that's where she found this crazy contest, this wonderful contest, this promising but never to be delivered by her mother contest <laughs> about winning a pony. But we used to have something called magazines where you would actually turn a page and there was paper. Right, Nancy? And yeah, was- Absolutely. Scholastic was the other magazine, but I remember highlights. It said highlights for children. It had an interesting font. Arlen, do you remember highlights? I think I think I do. Yes. Yes. And Vita, do you remember highlights? No. Well, now you learned all about it, but it used to be called paper, Vita, and you would turn the pages. It was very exciting. Vita, I've got your statement numbers. I told you we'd have fun. No, I didn't tell you. Vita, uh, statement number three, I like this very much. You say, I have done acting. Creativity helped me to improvise on stage. Arnold just did that a minute ago. And on sets, it helped me to extend myself. Talk to me about improv. You know I'm a big fan of we're improving this because I don't see we're a script. Improv-ing. I don't see a script anywhere. Vita, oh how, how did you improv your acting? What kind of plays were you in? Tell us. Oh, well, I did dramas, comedies, uh, musicals. Uh, we um, Well, with improv, it was pretty much, put it this way, I had this one thing where uh, – this one part and I did it with a, a, a famous actor and I was supposed to sing off key and uh, I, uh, I well I, I thought of I Love Lucy you know how she would sing off key <laughs> she had a beautiful voice but I thought well, I think I could do that so I was improvising the people I saw in the audience because our directory said you know do it this way so I did it that way People in the audience were like, like I could see the front row. <laughs> and afterwards, uh, you know, after the play was over, they came came uh, behind stage. A few of them, they said, "Wow, that was really, I mean, that was interesting. Your song, and uh, uh, <laughs> if you could call it that." <laughs> It was very interesting, wasn't it? So, <laughs> but I guess I hurt their ears, you know. <laughs> was was that the point of the? That was the character was supposed to do that, right? According to the director, at the last minute, there you so go. I improvised it, so it turned out, I guess. <laughs> well, I took improv classes in in Manhattan for a couple of years. I, I also had my own stand up comedy troupe in New York, and it was very very interesting, but. The concept, Vita, and I, I know you know this, is that when you're in a group and there's something, it's an improv, it's not when you want to say, oh, I'm next, it's my turn. It's when the room needs you to be that character and add those lines that you make up on the spot. You're not reading a script. It's, not, it's my turn. No, it's not. And we used no. to do exercises where we would have, let's say, 15 people in the class walking around a room, just walking, milling around. Arnold, they had us in a, a kind of a circle that wasn't quite a circle, just walking around. And yeah. the, the director would say, somebody say something you heard a person, might have heard a person say on the streets of New York today. So somebody said, uh, you can't park there. And he said, repeat it five times. You you can't park. <laughs> you, you, you can't. You blankety blank. You can't park there. And then 
somebody else would look at this person while we're walking around passing each other in, in different directions. And they would realize that the room needed them. It's not, oh, I'm picking on you, Vita. It's your turn. And you would just have this sense that you would say, uh, apples for 10 cents, no worms, apples for 10 cents. No. And you would repeat it and you keep walking past people. And then somebody would realize it was time for them to come in without saying, okay, you're the fifth person in line and you haven't spoken yet. And you just contribute. And that's what, so you did that. You, you just basically dove in and you contributed your interpretation. Let's give her a round of applause. That was really, really cool. Vita, we all enjoyed it. And we thought it was a verbal Mahler symphony. You really hurt our ears, didn't she? Yeah. Nancy and, and Arnold, she really hurt her. She didn't even sing for us. Thank you very much. I want to do some celebrity birthdays, if you all don't mind. January 2nd. If you know the person, just wave or say happy birthday. Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, 55 oh. years old. He won an Academy mm. Award for Best Supporting Actor as the football player Rod Tidwell in the film Jerry Maguire. He was also in As Good As It Gets, Men of Honor, Red Tails, and Norbit. And he stars as O.J. Simpson on the FX series, The People versus O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story. I didn't know it, but he attended. Arnold, you get a kick out of this. I don't know why Arnold will. Everybody will. He attended four high schools. Guess how many he was class president of in the his family traveled? Four high schools. How many, how many classes was he president of? Anybody want to take a guess? Four. Three. Three. That's pretty... Yeah. Pretty good. I think I, I think we'll give him a pass. Tay Diggs, or Ty Diggs, some people call him, is 52 today. He's acted in Rent, and now Stella got her groove back. And uh, he started in Chicago and Days of Wrath and The Wood. He was a dancer at Tokyo Disneyland once. Mm. Who knew? And we all know who he married, right? He married Adina Menzel. Star of Rent and other, and they they were married for ten years. They had a child. He played Dr. Sam Bennett on Private Practice, the TV series. There you go. Then we have another actress, Renee Elise Goldsberry. You may not remember her name, but she was on the soap opera One Life to Live. She originated the role in Hamilton of Angela Schuyler Church in the Mm. Broadway show Hamilton. She was in The Color Purple. She was in Rent. She was in The Lion King, and she starred. With Juliana Margulies, Margulies on The Good Wife. I don't remember her character. Yes, oh, she was an assistant DA on The Good Life. The Good Wife. Yes, okay. she was one of those, mm, always trying to get, yes, okay, Alicia in trouble. Uh, we have an actor named Dax Shepard. Vita, you with me? Okay, there. Um, yeah. Dax Shepard is 48 today. He played Crosby Braverman on NBC's Parenthood <laughs> TV show. He has had rules, roles in Let's Go to Prisons, Zathora, and Employee of the Month. I don't know those. He hosts the podcast Armchair Expert, and he married, I know how I, he's married to Kristen Bell, that cute little blonde. Oh, and oh, we've seen them on commercials together. They did commercials together a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Now I have some TikTok stars, a TikTok star with a birthday, an Instagram star with a birthday, and a Twitch, that's a social media site. Twitch, and there's a reason we're going to say happy birthday to them. We have a young lady named Katie Bugs. All right, everybody spell this now. C-A-I-T-I-B-U-G-Z-Z. Nancy, have you got that? I got it. Going in the legal papers you're going to file for. She's 18. She does <laughs> lip sync videos. She only has, Arnold, please sit down, or you are, 400... <laughs> 480,000 followers, and she's only had 8 million likes. And her Twitch account, Katie Bugs, has only 70,000 followers. Obviously, she's not very popular. She sells her hoodies and her mugs on Merch Gardens. It's a website. 
merchants yeah. and merchandise. We didn't call it merchants those days. Then we have somebody named Colby Brock, who's 26. He's on Instagram, Insta. He got famous on Vine, you know, those little tiny, I think, six-second videos. Uh-huh. He was half of a content creation duo called Sam and Colby with their friend, his friend Sam Goldbach. He uh-huh. transitioned to YouTube. He only has 8 million subscribers on YouTube. Arnold, how many have you got? A thousand. Okay, well, you're doing very well. I have less than that because I'm not on YouTube. He liked to explore haunted houses and scary locations, and he has an, his own YouTube channel where he posts horror and scary content. So 8 million subscribers. We're in the wrong business. And then we have a gentleman named T-F-U-E, Tafu. He's on Twitch. He's 25. He's a skimboarder. Does anybody know what a skimboarder is? No. Vita, Vita, you know. What's a skimboarder? You get, you play with this board and it's on the beach and you get on it and and you slide off. And That's slide it. Off. It's yeah. a board sport gliding across the surface of the water to meet an incoming breaking waves and ride it back to shore. And they do surface and air maneuvers out to the wave, back with the wave, et cetera, et cetera. This young man is a professional skimboarder who is a partner Twitch live streamer. Arnold, he only has 10 million plus followers. Whoa. I know. Offending. His Twitch channel is the eighth most watched Twitch channel in 2018. Wow. I kid you not. He's a member of the FaZe Clan in 2018. He has 11 million YouTube subscribers, and his real name is Turner. I wanted you to all know that. Okay. So happy birthday to all of those people. I had a birthday a couple of weeks ago on the show uh, with a person was... Uh, slime videos. And I think he had something like 20 million followers. Slime videos? Slime video. Yeah. Just don't even just go look it up. Okay. Now, (laughs) on January 1st, 1962, an unknown singing group called the Beatles traveled to London to record a contract audition with a major record label. And they were rejected because they have no future in show business. Oh, my gosh. Bad decision. Bad decision. (sighs) I have some mm-hmm. weddings. Oh, we have a couple of six minutes left. Some music weddings, Rolling Stones, Stones guitarist. I'm a, I'm a drummer, so I like to follow these. I don't know why I said that. Ronnie Wood in 1985 wed British model Joe Carslake in, uh, in England, and they divorced a few years later. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, American Idol singer Jason Castro wed a lady named Mandy Mayhall in 2010. And the Dresden Dolls, I don't know the group singer, wed an author in in 2011. Okay, here are the holidays for today, January 2nd. The 55-mile-per-hour speed limit day is today. Does anybody remember what U.S. president put in the 55-mile-an-hour limit? Mm, If I do this, would you remember? Do what? Do it again, Rhett? That wasn't a crude remark. It was President Nixon. I was trying to do the ski slope. He made a proclamation in 1974 to cut down on gas usage in America and make roads safer. And Nancy, when people ask how old I am, I say I'm over the age of the speed limit on the Long Island Expressway. (laughs) It's 55. Hello. Uh, It's also happy Mew year for cats today. Uh, The earliest domestication of cats occurred in ancient Egypt. They were treated like royalty and prized by pharaohs and elite families. So if you have a cat, be nice to it. It's also National Buffet Day today. The three minutes left. Thank you, Andrew. The buffet table derives from the Brandvinsport. 
a type of Swedish beverage table from the 16th century. Men and women ate in different rooms with an array of food, and eventually it became the smorgasbord, where they served drinks mm-hmm. and nibbles, and eventually smorgasbord became the whole dinner. It's National Cream Puff Day, which is a recipe goes back to, oh my goodness, 13th century, the Middle Ages. What can I tell you? It's National Erica Day. If you know anybody named Erica, it means oh. eternally powerful and sole ruler. Erica, spelled I-C-A-E-R-E-K-A, E-R-I-C-K-A. It's also a plant called the heather. And in Scandinavia, it means even kingly. And they're the life of the party. It's also safe pet travel day today. Only the richest people could travel with their pets into the 1980s. And then there was a flight attendant on TWA named Gail Martz wanted to bring her tiny she Sue dog so she designed a purse to put the dog in to put it in the cabin while she was being a stewardess we used to call them stewardesses it got so popular it was called the sherpa bag and it became the global standard for pets online and she went to every airline and said you've got to allow people to bring their pets and then the eu said we'll let people let people bring their pets it's swiss cheese day i'm not going to give you the history of that and it's something we'll laugh about all week and because it's after january 1st if you had something in the past that you really messed up spend the week laughing about it. <laughs> I want you to quickly give your website so we can get that. We got two minutes left. Nancy, where can people go to find out more about you, dear? Um, Nancy Perpal, spelled P-E-R-P-A-L-L.com. Thank you very much. Arnold Sampson, sir, where can people go? Well, I would ask them to look, go to Amazon, actually, and type in dust off more than met the eye, and they'll have a description of my book and can decide whether they want to learn more about it and me. Thank you. D-U-S-T-O-F-F, dust off, more than met, M-E-T, the I. Thank you. Vita Euler, where can people find out about you? Um, navigating through pain at gmail.com and also uh, Facebook, Vita Euler, chronic pain. V-I-T-A-O-Y-L-E-R-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-P-A-I-N. I want you all to stick around. We're going to take pictures afterwards. So here's my closing and a shout out to Andrew, our engineer, my friendly engineer at Voice America. Andrew, I cherish you and wish you a happy new year. Here we go. Life is short. Break the rules. Right, kids? Uh-huh. Don't mm-hmm. we all? Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. I bet you Cher could tell us a thing about that. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Laugh with me uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget to do that at the beginning of the show. And never regret anything that made you smile. Here's the final closing. Work like you don't need the money. Right, Arnold? Because yes. people really don't care. Just find something you love and do it. And do it well. And, and afford your life. Dance like no one's watching. But when I was teaching disco in heels on a high school cafeteria for Mica table where no nobody talked about OSHA in those days. Everybody watched. No, I didn't fall. Sing like nobody's listening. I didn't sing. Love like you've never been hurt because we've all been hurt. Get over it, right, Nancy? Get over it. Learn Get to love over it. it. Love yourself. Absolutely. Move on. Let your house re- replenish and regrow. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La, la, la. And last but not least, I stole this line from somebody else. Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red signing off for show of the new year. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.